This podcast is brought to you by the website of doom.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Aaron Fever Talks 2, episode 11. I am Aaron Fever, and this month I am talking to the improv group Kill the Monster, which is nice for me because I am in the improv group Kill the Monster. I've been uh, performing with these guys since uh, the start of the year, so 11 months now. And uh, it was fun for me to talk to them for a little bit. We get we get into a lot of uh, improv based uh, philosophy. So if you're fascinated by improv or if you don't know what improv is, you're going to learn a lot about it in this episode because we get into it a lot. Uh, and hopefully that's interesting for you. I know sometimes when people performers talk shop, it can be uh, kind of a disconnecting sort of thing if you're not doing it yourself. So. Uh, hopefully there's some interesting stuff there we talk about clowning a lot of the guys in my group have, have gone to uh, clown courses uh so that's an interesting thing to me it's not the whole group that's in this interview it's uh it's myself uh, and i'm talking to uh claire jenkins shane robinson and rory de burka and uh it's missing tom hughes and uh, Patrick O'Callaghan. So, you know, th- those guys are missed from the conversation, but uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. This podcast exists because of you, dear listener. Maybe not you, but definitely you. Uh, because um, some listeners and some other kind folk have uh, donated to my Patreon. Patreon is a wonderful website where you can, uh, like the Renaissance of old, uh, throw a couple of bucks at at an artist or a creative um, like myself who makes things and uh, doesn't necessarily get a lot of money for doing so. And so this is your way that you can help them tick over. Uh, You can give as little as $1 a month, uh, which is what a lot of people have done. And it's really great. And it's made sure the lights stay on. And it means that I don't have to get sponsorship. uh, So you don't hear any other ads on this podcast other than this one right here. Uh, From here on in, it's just going to be people talking. So if you do have a spare dollar and you you haven't contributed yet, go to patreon.com forward slash Aaron Fever. Uh, I like to keep my name in a lot of things. If you are someone who already donates, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. You are awesome and cooler than everybody else. All right, that's enough rambling from me at the start of this podcast. Let's get on with the chat. And then I learned not to eat anything because then it takes more energy to, to digest stuff then uh, does takes away then from saving. Yeah, I get super sleepy when I eat food now because yeah. my body's just like, I'm going to digest this. and <laughs> you got no energy for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. five yeah. like percent. And like two hours later, I'll have loads of energy because it's eating it all up. I think this should be the podcast. This is the podcast I'm recording. Of, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into this more in a moment. Uh, call us um, if you want to ring in with your answers in a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't normally when I do these uh, interviews. I don't normally ask people to introduce themselves because I do that in a little segment later on my own. Mm-hmm. But because there's four of us, uh, we have to kind of introduce our voices to people. Okay. Uh, they'll know me because I'll have rambled at them for about a minute or two beforehand. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go around and say just hi, I'm. And then who you are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shane, and I'm an improviser. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm right. Hi, I'm Claire, and I'm an improviser as well. 
Hi, I'm Rory, and I'm also an improviser. It's it's almost like oh wait yeah we're all in the same info group so I would explain <laughs> why you explain you guys it are yes. too. Um, is are you Rory are you original member? Oh yeah. OG, okay. OG yeah. kill the monster. Okay, so you you Shane Patrick, is that the only ones who are left? Uh, <laughs> at currently yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. And kill anyone off there. Yeah, sounds like it's a dangerous place to be. No, we started, I guess, improvising sh- short form with called laugh, laugh a lot, laugh a lot. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Because we'd started doing it as um, fundraisers for, for the first play we did with the No Drama Theatre, an amateur theatre group that we were both involved in in Dublin, and we. Started what wow, was it? Two thousand nine. That was like two thousand nine. Yeah. So seven years now. Oh god. Which yeah. for for Dublin improv is like your granddad's yeah, in a way. That's, <laughs> yeah. How I yeah. feel every one of those years. <laughs> but it was one of those things where we just like you saw you saw the who's lying thing and yeah we said okay with theatre we'll just do a comedy thing it seems pretty easy you get there and you make shit up and <laughs> so I remember we. We got up and everyone was drinking beers beforehand, and kind of, and then you realize the nerves kick in, and like you don't have a script because we were all theater people who had like we used to rehearsing, right? And then you go, wait, okay, I guess I'll just, and then it was just block central, you know, like <laughs> I'm a weatherman, ha, <laughs> yeah, right, you big pansy, you're a woman dressed like a panda bear. No, 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 we're on the moon. What? <laughs> you're crazy. Look at this crazy man thinks he's on the moon, <laughs> and then like you get like a few chuckles you know yeah. in the audience and you think you're doing amazing right because people are, are somewhat engaged with you but and at that stage is it like intentionally trying to be funny as well which yeah, is always it's a dangerous thing completely over the top intentionally making the most stupidest faces yeah. you can you know fighting harder and harder to get more and more laughs mm-hmm. which they slowly and slowly yeah. stop and yeah. you think you're the best because you're drunk and you're like hey yeah <laughs> well the drinking might have been a problem that was the problem <laughs> but, um, but so had, had neither neither of you two done any improv tr- like tr- classes or training or anything well, now yeah now but before you kind of started doing it not really I don't I, think at that point I didn't really understand yeah the whole concept and then we kind of I remember the eureka moment when I read Key Johnson's book and I just applied a little bit of that knowledge in like a scene we do in like a drama class. Right. I remember the scene was we're in a zoo and my friend Sheila was brushing and she told me to get her something, some the straw. And I was like, I'll get you the straw. And everyone laughed. And in my head, all I did was to do say the that you'll thing do it. that she wanted me to do. Yeah. And then the whole concept of just building on something just kind of clicked. I was like, ah, I don't actually have to do anything to make this funny with it before, you know, it's just going to happen naturally. Right. Yeah, like I think we had gotten, or we'd sort of started off by doing these improv comedy games at the end of mm. drama workshops. And that was just like trying to make people laugh before you go to the pub, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was once again drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, everything. I mean, it's so stereotypically Irish. Absolutely yeah. everything revolving around it. But. Um, yeah, then I guess you get the idea of trying to build something. I suppose the common thing, though, is always like it's fun. So yes. your intention when you're starting out, or when you guys seem to start out, was just that it was a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, like, you, you've been... When did you start acting? Because I know you were acting before um, you did improv. Yeah, I did a degree in acting, so that's... And did a lot of theatre and stuff in Dublin and in the UK. And then I came back and kind of had taken a break from the whole acting thing and decided mm. to do improv just to sort of find the fun again. Okay. And that's how I got into it about maybe six months ago so <laughs> but like you I'm not like, a veteran <laughs> you, you were doing it a bit of, like you were tr- like training a bit of months before you joined us because you've been with us about five months or so now, about right? five months my concept of time is really bad so yeah maybe actually it's longer so I was training I did like two courses so with Kelly Shatter who does uh, long form yeah and so that whole format really appealed to me because it was about it's not just the short form stuff which are games yeah where this kind of I don't know it felt like a pressure to be really hysterically witty straight away long form seems to develop a sense of character and builds a world yeah it's, um, it is so actually kind of a play really I yeah. always feel like because like, with know, no script with no, yeah a play with no script because like that's the thing whenever people ask me what improv is like the, the instant go to is like have you ever seen Whose Line Is It Anyway yeah and they're like oh yeah okay but you can't describe a long form show in that way it's interesting no. now though because Whose Line Is Anyway is becoming like an old show mm-hmm. you know mm. so a lot of young kids don't know it anymore don't know it anymore so, so yeah what is their reference they so don't, now, they don't have if you a google though. like improv you get more like ass cat stuff and you get like more mm-hmm. the tina fey and those kind of people coming yeah up. so it's much more of the the chicago element has kind of pushed the who's line thing i find i find too that people are often they always associate it with with movies because they always hear about how an actor improvises okay, scenes yeah. and stuff and so they Which keep thinking like him. yeah it's a very different, different sort of getting all together but yeah they just keep thinking of like all joe dapato movies because like so much of that is improvised mm. and, and stuff but it's funny i just did a film there where 80 percent of it was improvised okay and i'm working with an actor he's a very good actor but he's not trained improviser in any way yeah it's a different ballgame where you can tell the same principles still kind of apply he he just throws out weird nervous tics and stuff for no reason because he's he knows there's no scripting he just thinks he has to do something okay where I'm like oh man I would just love if you could just sit in silence with me for about 30 mm-hmm. seconds it'd be great <laughs> but like he just couldn't do it it's crazy. And when did anyone try and ask you, Claire, to kind of improvise in acting stuff before you'd start? Oh doing yeah, it? I mean, it would be used as part of like during your degree and stuff. Improv is kind of like that same. I read that Keith Johnston book, and so much of it is about the world of your imagination. So and how you can trust that and like not go in to anything with a preconceived idea of how you're going to be, and just let yourself. I don't know, through your subconscious, through your imagination, just play. And yeah. so acting would be the same when you're exploring character and often in a rehearsal environment, you'd use improv as a tool to explore character. Um, but often it's much more of like a serious bent. Like it's not comedy. It's not, you're not doing the kind of uh, games and extras yeah. and stuff that would produce sort of comedy. You're supposed to just feel like your feelings. Serious. Yeah. Um, so when did like laugh a lot become kill the monster? Was it were you were you laugh a lot for long before becoming kill the monster? Um, I think we did the first kill the monster show in was it December twenty eleven or maybe was it twenty twelve or something? Shane, can you remember? Twenty eleven. Our first show was in was in Drada. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think what happened was, with Laugh-A-Lot, we were performing in the Duke. Uh, everyone's 
anyway, so one of the days. The Duke is like a little pub in Dublin. Yeah, where where there's another group now. Um, yeah, that do a show there. But uh, uh, laughter lines. Laughter yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. They, so they do a show there. basically, I think it was because that group was so associated with the the theater drama group, the theater yeah. group, that we just wanted to. Like there's issues of ownership when you're kind of the one getting up there, and other people are involved, and they maybe want to, who haven't done it before. So we thought it'd be maybe a bit cleaner if we just separated out at that point. Okay. With Kill the Monster, and we had just kind of got more and more into the long form formats and ideas. Like we had performed a few of them, and we do the first set short form and in the second half would be a long form thing yeah um, but we always got more kicks out of the long form because it was much more freeing for us and we were able to take much more risks without the cliche of the hook in the game or whatever so when we fell on to kill the monster um, it was yeah, a completely new slate kind of thing for us I mean there was seven of us it, yeah there were seven of us was, to begin with yeah um, myself yourself um, Neil Neil Curran oh was Neil yeah, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, Neil was part of the Kill Monster, um, and Brian Quinn. Yeah, um, and it was Maria. Yep, and Declan. I think it was obviously me, you, and Pat. So yeah, seven of us. Yeah, actually, today I just got on YouTube a copyright infringement for our first ever promo oh, for the music wow. I used seven <laughs> years ago. Or whatever years ago. Amazing. Um, Their lawyers are like not on the ball. Literally today. <laughs> and I was like, what? I clicked on the video and I was like, this quirky little tiny video we did with our heads dancing and stuff. And I was like, oh, there you go. What was the song? It was, you know, what he's like kind of just weird music. Of, like, I typed in happy fun music. Oh, okay. <laughs> just a random thing you found. It took like 30 seconds of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, those generic YouTube searches. Are, yeah, those those. Yeah. But this was back then, which yeah. I, there was no real kind of copy, copyright free everything. Yeah, yeah. Creative Commons is great now. I use, it's, it's a. I have a few friends who like it, just make music music on Creative Commons. Like yeah. just like yeah, use it. Go ahead, spread it around. Just put my name on it. That's all. The thing now is they have is that if you use their music, they they, they can monetize it themselves, but they get all the revenue. Yeah. From that video. Yeah, well, that's what that's I I, uh, I I make a lot of YouTube videos, and it is a mind field sometimes oh, of stuff. what ones will work. Yeah. I made a music video for a band that asked me to do it, and it's blocked in Germany for some reason <laughs> because their record company is owned by Warner, and apparently they have some sort of deal where they can, like, and it's, they're a real, they're a, they're a Celtic metal band. They're called Cruacon, and so they they, play, oh. they come out and like kill some Braveheart gear, and they have swords like attached to their guitars and shit. Like it's real, and they have like a someone plays a baron and a fiddle while they're like rocking out like the like hard metal. It's wow. very fun, but like, yeah, they they yeah for some reason they're not allowed in Germany. <laughs> Um, the band or the video? Who knows why? Uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably both. Yeah, I don't want to know what they. Do. That's the funny thing. I think they're big in Germany. Like, yeah, I think they're really like big there. Thing, uh, that would be down well there. <laughs> yeah, they get invited over to play in Russia every St. Patrick's Day, which I find is like because Russia's a nightmare to get in and out of. So yeah, yeah. yeah. they ask to play at the embassy and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny how those like. I don't metal especially there's all these like little tiny specific subgenres <laughs> that are <laughs> super big in some place yeah you know mostly in some Scandinavian countries well yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> the spiritual home really isn't it <laughs> um, so how did you come to the name Kill the Monster 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was uh, good. One. I, I, there was some kind of way of explaining how to stop creating obstacles for yourself in scenes and improv. Okay. Right. So the the thing is, you you, you tell somebody or you set a scene up, and somebody would be going through a forest, and they happen upon a monster. Okay. And what people would tend to do would be they would become the monster's best friend. They would have tea with the monster. <laughs> they would go through the monster's backstory and. <laughs> But what they really need to do is, is kill the monster, okay. you know, and just do it and stop, stop kind of putting things in front of yourself that don't need to be there to kind okay. of get out of the way of the scene. Yeah, you know, is another way of, of of putting it, I suppose. So that that I suppose is yeah. Where, we where had a from. democratic vote of like oh god yeah we we had like about twenty five names. Oh, it was it was I think. 40s. It was okay. 49. I, I distinctly remember like a page. A is there any names. of the names that you remember from it? Oh, it was like weird stuff. Like, is there only one I remember? And it was like the cherry fables. I thought it. <laughs> I, I was about to say something much worse. That sounds like a, that sounds <laughs> like a porn a to be cherry, cherry fables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was a lot of just, yeah. And, and, and I felt quite sorry about killing the name Killman as well because it was like a game I read uh, in. Improv handbook, the improv handbook, but right. and it was yeah. This the, the game I used to always run, run workshops similar. Is like you know you go in and, and people would always bridge, either like Rory was saying stop at the monster, and then if they kill the monster and the exercise, I'd be like okay we we have to keep doing what happens now, and people would come up with all these kind of crazy things where like the monster's family would come find them, and then I say like things don't end when just one thing happens right. like you might think it's over but there's always yeah there's always a consequence yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so it was it had a meaning behind it as well but then it's just kind of st- I think it's kind of a catchy name anyway actually speaking of uh, metal bands <gasps> there is there is a metal band I think yeah yeah there is a metal band called Kill the Monster uh, Singapore, Singapore or oh that's, a, that's or an unusual place for a metal band I would have thought I know right and they're like a bunch <laughs> of 18 year old kids oh is that what those pictures yeah. are <laughs> on their Facebook yeah I've seen a couple of pictures with their tag on Facebook on the face yeah these kids in a boat just like a couple of like teenage like you know Taiwanese kids like just hanging out at the beach and I was like are they Can just we uh, chase them places? for copyright? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because that was the other thing we did, but all those names was, oh, to Google them, see if it's right. Like, yeah. 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 All that kind of stuff. But yeah, so that's where we got the... That's where we got the name. But that's, that is funny, though, because it is a thing that... Uh, people want to like become mates with like it's like it's 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 a way of yes anding because if someone presents a monster in a scene you want to work with that you want to go oh yeah I'm and I'm going to take this and I'm going to do this and then blah 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 where like it it's sometimes it, everyone always hears like you have to yes and everything in improv but sometimes it's actually not, you're better off just going yeah, I'm going to kill this I can <laughs> I hate that idea of 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 yes and everything you know yeah it's you know you accept the reality of that situation but you people have point of views that other things if, if someone says hey get me the thing you can be pissed off them because maybe last week they didn't give you the fork and like hey pass me the fork no you didn't give me the fork last week and then that's still accepting the, the reality of the situation it's just yeah you're working with what they're giving you exactly. you're not saying what they're it's, giving you didn't doesn't exist it's not a literal meaning of Yes, and I must go and... Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will give you the fork. Oh, yeah, just... <laughs> and I hate you. Yeah. 
Uh, weird. This is not your only group, Claire, is it? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, spoke, I think, like, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a quite a, like it's a growing community of people. I think the improv scene at the yeah. moment, and and there's some really interesting training going on, and there's a lot a lot of people coming in, and and the group that I trained with, um, we kind of just started experimenting with formats. But I think there's a danger when you hone in on like trying to establish like a group of five people in terms of getting together to rehearse and those people always being available to do a show. And so we had an idea of a collective of people from the group that I trained with. So there's about 12 of us. Okay. And so from that pool of 12, we have experimented with formats like we did an improvised talk show and we'd also invite guest improvers in to do that as well. Um, and at the moment we do uh, the last kind of format we played with was um, improvised TED Talks yeah. which has been really good fun that's only recently and that group's auto-correct um, yeah. so yeah and like, but it's this group is the only group I think that um, are a set group of people that we'll get together and <laughs> figure out not what that, is not the, that we can get everybody to show up either <laughs> yeah it's like yeah but um, humans yeah, are so, humans yeah. <laughs> yeah a bit of an improv whore at the moment <laughs> but that's it because like you, like you said you're new to it so like the more experience you can yeah, gain yeah I think so definitely and you are doing yeah. very different things with those guys as well yeah because like the last the, I, the last thing I saw you guys do was because I didn't I missed the, the the TED Talks but I saw the the late show like yeah. talk show format that you guys were doing which was a lot of yeah. fun as well yeah I think people enjoy it I think it's often like I think the community is growing as well as um, audiences for improv mm. and it can be like I think it can be tough to get people to come to shows that aren't improvers or people that are in the community and so I think the more you experiment with format and style um, it can attract an audi- a wider audience and I think that kind of is what interested us in yeah. kind of experimenting with those formats but having said that, it can be really lovely to work just with a small group and then really um, work on the connection of that group, like within the group and yeah. and do what you do really, really well. And like, but so how do you, because you, you've had to learn how to pitch these shows to your friends to come see. Yeah. How do you, how do you explain it to them? Because like we were talking about that earlier on. Um, I think... It's funny always using the baseline of like, oh, you know whose line is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of of that. But um, um, I think the fact that it's often it's unstructured and it's fun and it's not theatre um, and that um, you can come and pay your eight euro or whatever to come and see a show and have a pint and that it's almost a social occasion as well as being like watching something yeah um, and then often the friends that have come who haven't seen improv have started to come again and again because they're like actually that was such a great way to spend a Monday night like it was yeah. so much fun and um, some people are fearful of watching improv I think because they feel they almost so. mentally put themselves in the situation of the performer right and they feel they, that they transfer their anxiety of, of of being up there and having to make up stuff on the spot and it can actually make people uh, fearful of coming to see a show I think yeah it was um, weird yeah art forms where it's, when it's yeah. amazing and it's flowing it's mm-hmm. like the most pleasurable thing to watch yeah on the counterpoint when you have someone who's kind of in a panicky state or the, you had just mm-hmm. struggling struggling performers are probably are kind of just mm. well, not 
around it enough to to kind of know where to take a scene and then as I've just watched a lot of improv and yeah. you can see, I start to feel uneasy and you kind yeah. of want to just but the audience are supportive they want they want you to yeah. succeed it's very much an active communion I think improv between mm-hmm. the audience and and the performers because it doesn't work unless you have an audience unless you have mm-hmm. that the audience is sort of willing those worlds and those characters to connect and be created and when a conflict is there in the midst of it it's like everyone's working together to figure out that conflict conflict and then it can be really really satisfying when that's achieved yeah and everyone sort of finds that moment that magic moment together where you've just made something uh happen together yeah because it's it's, i i I get a bit like that where i kind of i empathize too much with what i'm seeing it's like i find it difficult to watch like things like x factor because when they show someone who clearly Uh can't sing trying to sing in an audition I'm my insides curl up and die yeah. Yeah. Um, or like the British office like I, it was too cringy yeah. for me like it's I couldn't painful. watch yeah I couldn't watch it because I'm just yeah. like I get embarrassed like I'm going red watching yeah. it but it's different w- with improv because I, I, I do perform and so I'm like Shane when like I'm watching it I'm like well this is what I would do in this scene and like I can't just sit back and enjoy it and just like, experience it I'm like oh well I would do this here and well, yeah. that's a good interesting choice and, you know. it's kind of the curse of knowing how it works is like yeah when you know the, how the sausage is made exactly <laughs> yeah, you know, it really takes away <laughs> but when it's really good and you're not paying attention to those mechanics yeah. that's when you know the guy whoever's performing has found the flow and that. that's the trick is to just make it look easy and uh, that's when it's at its best I think that's what I think when, it, you're, when, when you're on the stage is, yeah. is, is never if there isn't a mistake, if you want to call yeah. it that, you just own that mistake and make it part of the choice of the character. I find yeah. that really difficult. And when I started improving, was the idea that failing is good. Yeah. Because I think as a, as an actor, you can perfect what you do. You can have a technique. You can have a craft. And definitely the same can be said about improv. But you're definitely out there, like on the tightrope, and mm-hmm. and the idea of failure can be really overwhelming. But I think the fact that it's such a group thing one of the key elements of improv is that thing where so everyone has your back like your team have your back so yeah. if you're out there and you do something that doesn't work that somebody will will make it okay you know and yeah that's really I, good. I don't think there ever is a thing i or the idea of failure yeah. in improv i think there if you just eradicate that idea of your in from your head and if you go out there and you just let the audience find the beauty in that moment that you are in yeah it just can't be considered a failure. Yeah. As soon as you diagnose it as a failure, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. I I disagree. Cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, ah. conflict. Yes, conflict. Uh, no, I think there's absolutely yeah. a thing of failure in mm-hmm. improv. I think there absolutely 100% is. Like you have, as soon as you have an objective with something and you fail to meet that, yeah. you know, or you, you, you mess it up in some way, shape or form, and that's failure you know if your objective is to entertain the audience the audience don't connect with you and they're not and they're bored you know or they're yeah. maybe maybe those feelings of anxiety are overwhelming okay then that kind of stuff I would see as a okay. failure so okay so I was kind of referring to more of the the micro and the macro so it's like mm. I'm talking about like the you know when you start say you start a show yeah and there's that kind of ooh feeling and then when you start it's just that believing in that moment and you trust that this moment can't fail because it's 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 just a thing and you're living in it mm. and something else will spontaneously go with it 
um, in terms of like if I want to make a great great show I think when you aim for that it's it's really hard to achieve because how do you achieve you can't you know you can't especially with improv you can't achieve it I suppose it's about being in the moment and that can be the I, hardest yes. skill to master I, I did like, not Describe yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering oh, where you were going. At all. It was beautiful. Out of my head. Quite poetic. Saying it to me. <laughs> the funny thing Absolutely. is, I actually understood exactly yeah. where you were yeah. going. But you know, like, kind I know. Of, like, I completely agree with your, what you just said. Yeah. Like, if we want to set out, we want to achieve like, this great show. And when if we f- come off stage, we feel like we didn't really hit that 10 out of 10 kind of rating yeah. we're looking for. But. I think that comes from like the micromanagement of a little drop here and there in a scene, a little bit of a collapse in, oh, I should have done this, or oh, I kind of mm-hmm. fucked up, I shouldn't have all oh, doing this kind of stuff. And then they kind of just build up to little things. Well, plus two, I think sometimes it's really hard to tell how you're doing because I mean I, I've had not with you guys I've only had like one show where mm-hmm. I thought it was like wasn't great but mm-hmm. it was still decent uh, but when previous shows and stuff that I've done before I, like I felt like they've fallen on their ass Mm. Uh, but then you'll talk to people afterwards and like they're like oh I love this bit and I love that bit and you're kind of like okay and it's it is hard to judge like because you're looking at it sometimes from a, a technical standpoint or you're looking at it from like oh, oh this wasn't what I wanted to achieve uh, so I think I think improv can be very um, uh, what's the word not like it's very uh, nice to you in a sense where even when you're failing it can still work I think it's I think it's harder to really fuck up I think you still can completely fuck up and make everything awful but I think there's something about improv that somehow can save your ass when you're doing badly. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I mean, I think you're going back to something that Claire mentioned earlier about the, the people that you're working with and the trust that you have. Yeah. And, you know, you fall down, someone can pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like that's and that's a thing, too, is that you have to because like you, you said as well, it took you a while to just know that we'll, ha- we'll be able to grab you if yeah. something's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's one of the things I love is going in the scene mm. and, and going, I'm going to try if, look after you as best yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be try just forget about this Egypt. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna find he pointed at himself, guys. He wasn't pointing <laughs> yeah. at me in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these agents. But and if, if the other person is reciprocal of that, then yeah. it's really nice. It feeling, demands. Really nice it feeling. demands that, and I think also I learned that too because you can worry about yourself and go, God, I'm really like really bad, and I'm ruining it for everybody else. And actually, that's really selfish to actually think like to that. Think if you that. turn how you're thinking go well, I'm just going to try and be as generous as possible to the rest of my stage then the fear sort of leaves you because it's not about you anymore it's about the group or about and then it tends to flow a lot more like I'm learning that more and more like the more shows I do the yeah. more I'm trusting that yeah like letting something breathe as well like not trying to fill every moment like just totally be right. there in the moment and trust that something will happen and to I'm be gentle of, with yourself I love jumping the scene with you guys where mm-hmm. you just kind of look each other in the eye yeah. you can sit there for good beat until you kind of realise something strange there's yeah. something evolved something all yeah. oh, you're human yeah. something's going yeah. to evolve like I, I always giggle when I know I'm going to start a scene with you because we always end up doing something <laughs> weird physically just where we're just ending up like weird. you know yeah well, this that will scene grab it. where we were wearing 
chair dresses. And yeah, we were just like chair prostitutes all of a sudden. <laughs> like, but yeah, it was a, it was a bizarre thing. But um, yeah, it's it's. I was very lucky in that sense because I joined at the start of the year, and and mm. but I had known pretty much everybody that was in the group at that point. You know, quite a few years, and and had played with in some circumstance or another. Yeah. Um. So it made joining very easy. And then you joined about a month or so after me. And I had so much like sympathy for you because I knew you were walking into like because you didn't know anybody yeah. like you met Shane once at a show and like I'm very brave. <laughs> you were, but like that's a, that's a tough thing to walk into, especially because it was like um, unfortunately at that point all guys that you were walking yeah, into as well, female. Which is, again, unfortunately, is a very common thing in improv as well. That's like a lot I think of, it's less common. I think it's become like yeah. I know a huge amount of really like stellar female performers that are st- that are coming into the scene now. Like, and I think. It's, it's just gonna keep building and getting more and more interesting. I think the the better the standard of it, if the standard keeps going up in improv and we push each other, I think it's gonna be like I think it's already building into a really really interesting scene. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of like you said yeah. amazing female performance, yeah. and I, I also think it's like at the essence of it, improv is kind of a female kind of. Support, uh, it gets a very nurturing. It, it makes sense because, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, and I'm less not, egos. Well, <laughs> ego is one thing. Ego is legitimately yeah. a thing, and yeah, that's yeah. why a lot of guys swarm towards stand up sometimes instead mm-hmm. because it's all about you and it's like your thing and you're controlling yeah. it. Whereas there's very little control in improv and uh-huh. you're you're working with other people, but like you know, like I've I've read like dozens of like you know articles about how. Uh, women have so much more skills socially uh, Mm -hmm. because like that's kind of how they you know work with the world and stuff like that and like that's that's improv it's about communication which is guys are stereotypically bad at it's really attractive as well to like female performers in general because you you can it's not you can be any gender you can be Mm. you're not like limited to you know you as an actor you go in and you're within three seconds people like they look at how you look they look at how you sound and they decide who you what they want to cast you as or whatever based the, the on that. Mother maiden crone, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then you go and you do improv, and it's like you can be an old man, you can be like whatever you want. Frog, so, slutty locust. Yeah. I think I've been more yeah. animals and women than yeah. I have been there. Exactly. So um, yeah, so that's yeah. I think it's good. Um, so uh, we were talking earlier on about the original members of the group. Excuse me, um, and uh, the name Maria was brought up. Mm. Who is your fiance, Rory? That's right. Is um, that how you met in the group? I was no. we met in drama, actually. Ah, the, yeah, yeah, and uh, she performed together for years, and she stepped away. God, it must be over a year ago now, maybe longer even. I, but it's it's interesting. Sorry, when you were talking about that, because um, I was thinking of a lot of things that like. I know definitely she found it hard at times. Right. You know? Especially because, like, that would have been very early in the Dublin improv scene as well. Uh, absolutely, you know? And while there were, you know, a good few uh, female performers, she always felt, um, well, not always, but would have felt pigeonholed, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, yeah. Uh, certainly would have felt, like, pushed into certain. You mentioned that the mother maiden crone. crone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, would have felt a lot of the time pushed into certain stereotypical characters yeah um and maybe that we wouldn't be 
that men wouldn't predict. No, and I yeah, I think especially when the numbers are so strongly tilted in a group, um, like guys can kind of have a terrible tendency to to step over things if if you know they get the opportunity to. Absolutely, I think it's about awareness as well. I think more so in the last year, I think there's become Mm. more of an awareness in theatre and in the performance world about just assumptions that men can sometimes make about uh, women in performance roles and I think that men are becoming more sensitive to that yeah. and it's sometimes it's not deliberate often that like women get pushed into those stereotypical things but I think now that there's more of an awareness it's like it's it's a really like healthy thing to be happening I think it's funny the last mm. nearly all the films kind of work I do I'm always playing the support to a strong female oh. lead recently like of recent times which is it's great you know yeah yeah i just think that um but sometimes like that strong female lead in itself sometimes can end up going down a terrible it, trope it, road it, as they well. can be so, very yeah stereotypical yeah. um so yeah the, i find yeah improv is great in that sense where i think it's quicker to adapt to stuff mm. sometimes it's complete freedom to do you know yeah yeah and i i think like i mean the stuff doesn't come out of thin air you know, no. you're there. I no. mean, it's coming from this coalesce, coalescence of your experiences, the things you see, your day to day life, and um, hopefully that's maybe a reflection of the improvement of things is a reflection of maybe people's awareness of mm. maybe a bit more sensitive to these issues. So, were you were you guys already going out when the group started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we okay, were. we knew each other for about. Eight nine months in the drama group that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and yeah, then uh, yeah, we uh, she started doing improv as well, and um, yeah, was we were doing it then together for for years. Does is I wonder how that because I've never gone out with someone who has performed improv at all, and like I'm wondering, does that make it easier to connect with somebody when you're doing a scene because you know them so well? I. It, it, Yes and no. Like okay. definitely knowing somebody a lot better is makes it easier to you know, and there's obviously a huge uh huge amount of trust there. Yeah. Uh, at the same time you're you're bringing you don't really want to bring any baggage and I I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean right. anything from your your own life I don't really want to bring it there on stage. Yeah. Uh, and I was always maybe aware of not going down that road like, you know, if we were in a scene to not automatically make us a couple or something <laughs> like that. You know, and then just have the fight about something that we meant to have a fight about, you know. And just play that play that through on stage like some sort of um, free Therapy. Therapy, yeah. yeah. You yeah, could do exactly. promo videos where they would properly kiss and not just improv kiss. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, if you want to do that scene, at least you can really go for yeah. it on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, those are. <laughs> well, you, can, you can improvise taking your clothes off, guys. <laughs> that group is really close. For real. <laughs> but uh, I guess, too, like, uh, there's that probably worry as well, on top of that, is in, the, in the positive sense of like using. Because every couple have like in jokes and stuff mm-hmm. that probably make no sense to anybody else in the world because like I know I have a tendency to make up words with people that I'm going out with and then using that as everyday mm-hmm. speech oh yeah well like <laughs> you, you develop a language in a relationship you know yeah like stupid as you say like stuff maybe that means something to the two of you and yeah absolutely nothing to anybody else yeah 
Um, I'm not going to start going on about any of those in particular. Um, but you know, you do, you do, but you you don't bring that out, or maybe I don't know, maybe you do sometimes for the crack. <laughs> like, just so how how come she's like? I know she stepped away a year ago because of college and stuff like that. Mm. Has she any? I know I don't know. It's not good to speak for her, but like, mm. has she expressed any interest in coming back to the medium, or is she kind of done with it now? Um, I don't think she's done with it. She's doing a clowning course at the moment, which is great. Oh, her her job is super crazy though at the moment. She's uh, yeah, very very busy. But yeah, she's doing a clowning course. Which you is you did one as well. I did. Yeah, yeah. I, you did yeah. one as well. Did you ever do a clowning course? I did. Yeah. Everyone's done a clowning yeah. course except me. Everyone yeah. should. Do Everyone a yeah. in the world should do a clowning. It's okay, amazing. let's talk about clowning courses <laughs> for a minute because I'm fascinated by this <laughs> because is. Is from what I'm aware, clowns usually are mute, right? No. So the first, I remember the first kind of exercise, the challenge, right? So you put on the nose, okay, and it was to help kind of find your clown, and they just put you in front of uh, whoever, like I think it was like twenty people, and the objective was simply just to make them laugh, okay, and a lot of people would try the first approach of like doing something wacky and right. stuff and people would just and the audience's job was to only laugh in that until it's sincere right yeah don't give them a pity don't laugh give, don't give them pity laughs don't right laugh. so you, people would fight and fight and fight and then they'd find the most obscure thing people would just instantly connect with can you like, remember what you did that made people laugh um can anyone remember if you I did that exercise? There, there, there was like, yeah. There's a few different approaches okay. to, to clowning. Um, I, yeah. I've done a couple of courses. The first one, he did a some, somewhat similar exercise, but the objective wasn't to make people laugh. It was just to connect with people. And yeah, you were there well, for like I, an uncomfortable length of time. Okay. Like, <laughs> I like a... Oh, so how did, how did they judge when you had successfully connected people because laughing is a very obvious well, thing. that was part of that uh, yeah yeah that was that was when you were like, you can really tell when you get a laugh but how can you tell when you connect with an audience uh, that is a good question <laughs> um, I guess you feel it maybe as a performer uh, like this thing you specifically everyone was lined up in a row everyone else in the class and okay. like eyeballing them really just looking in and looking for a long time because what you find is when you go on stage you carry a lot with you and eventually that'll just melt away it'll just okay. go and you'll be more like yourself um, whether that's good or bad so is that vulnerability then that, exactly, makes, yeah. that connects with people yeah. is to be vulnerable and when we see that it's like terrifying and can be extremely there's hilarious a, there's a great yeah. um, thing of like you know, you ask someone, who are you? Mm-hmm. The answer is, I am me. It's when you put on the baggage of, I am the accountant, I am the mm-hmm. this, this and that. That's the thing that people kind of back away from. But yeah. when you're completely just, you don't have to do anything to be you because you can't yeah. not be you. Yeah. It's that vulnerability of just standing there and being completely accessible. Yeah. It's like, it's terrifying at first, but it's also quite a nice, there's a freedom to it when you, everyone else is doing it. Because mm. you're not hiding anything. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I find that really difficult because I feel like I don't have a fake, like when I'm on stage, I feel like I don't have a show face. 
Like, because I guess I'm like day to day, I'm a bit of a hey, everybody, it's me. Like, I mean, even when I'm not on stage, yeah, you I should feel definitely like I'm do a clowning voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's that thing. Is it's very easy to kind of find you don't. Oh, I, I'm do. I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. But you're not the person who can answer that. Yeah, I suppose it's other people's opinions it, like that are more accurate. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, fuck it. I because I, I did a course in Bow Street, um, and the whole year was a kind of a. Self-revelation, like no, no, I, I don't do that. And then you slowly but surely, day in by day, people telling you, you "I didn't believe you. I didn't believe you." And you're like, "What the hell am I doing wrong here?" Yeah. And then it's only when you find that inner let go, release that something really does just drop. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's um, it's a painful <laughs> and difficult process. Like I, I did the, this course with uh, Philippe Gaulier, a French clown teacher I guess um, mm. hard to describe um, <laughs> but it was um, it was just a week long course but it was one of the longest most tiring um, difficult weeks but also I learned a huge huge amount yeah. like he's, a, he's a very famously strict teacher who will kick people out of the class and he'll you get verbally abused a lot okay um and you'll get other people in the class to verbally abuse you as well. Oh, that fun. sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it sounds like a clown. <laughs> it sounds so nightmarish stuff. Do you um, think that's why clowns bring out, you know, the traditional idea of a clown people are generally a little bit terrified of because there's this thing of clowning is funny, but actually there's a, there's a really um, substantially dark undercurrent, I think, because because of that vulnerability and because of it like you feel like a clown is almost really really looking at you mm. I don't know because they're completely there like yeah. it's the idea of mask mask work as well it's like yeah. amazing it's the same like you put, concept like literally it's even a pair of glasses or something people feel different you know yeah. that idea um, yeah some people describe the, the clown noise as like the smallest mask mm-hmm. yeah you know but even you feel like you're hiding behind it for, at first mm. and then it reveals kind of more and more about yourself. Mm. <sighs> Did you say he's coming to Dublin? That uh, yeah, I think he's doing some more another course okay. like next uh, April or May. And um, there's this specific type of clowns, isn't there? There's like there's a is there seven clowns? Um, I don't know. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really. A, I'm, I'm not really an academic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Of, of the whole clowning thing, <laughs> as much as they should be. And Harlequin is one of them who would be the traditional yeah. clown. Yeah, I know there's like the homeless it's clown, there's like the happy clown, the sad clown. Yeah, can Wikipedia it? Yeah, I, yeah, sure, I, I really should. Just <laughs> <laughs> do that insert in there and we're all good to go. Yeah, yeah. there is a, um, there's a clown called Buffon, uh, or, which is like a really just a different way of dealing with the audience being really trying to jolt them out of who they are and what they are okay. like this uh, guy Red Bastard oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. We, uh, when we were in Edinburgh you, you went to see him yeah. yeah yeah that was pretty intense stuff <laughs> I know I heard about it and I was like I'm not going to that show yeah like, <laughs> he literally just like um, he gives you a load of orders as the audience like stand up move over here move over there and if you don't do it he'll go over and give you like a, a wet willy <laughs> <laughs> and like literally well he stuck his 
moist finger in my ear. Yeah, that's. I, and I did. I was trying to obey his orders, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get out of the aisle because somebody had stolen my seat. But he managed to like basically torture the audience, and that's kind of the objective. And of we it. pay for it. And you yeah, and um, but there was really like I, I, I don't really want to like say how the show ends towards yeah. it but Neil say he does like some people actually have legit breakthroughs oh wow in their personal lives Jesus uh, yeah because it is just such an intense process uh, and it's such an intense show um, <laughs> maybe we should work on yeah. <laughs> yeah. changing our format the improv fest. oh yeah improv fest. Um, you, does, does anyone else feel like though as well like imp- I don't think we've talked about but the thing about improv affecting your uh, your life like outside of performing like oh, the whole concept yeah. of- there's a great one with like um, you, you know with your partners whatever <laughs> with someone you yes and and they yes and you back kind of idea yeah. it's something you really kind of connect and you can always have a conversation about yeah. anything and you'll always have fun like a, your best friend mm-hmm. and someone who yes buts you is kind of like an acquaintance like you go oh yeah 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 but um, yeah I have to sure we'll catch up again you know yeah. and then the yes now is someone who just you don't see eye to eye and the energy is weird and it was just like if you just yes and you people every day mm. People are kind of a bit more just receptive of like I used to start asking other people a question mm. so they have to answer and if they ask me a question back I can kind of tell that they're yeah. they're interested in yeah. okay. engaging with me. Whereas if so, it's, it's changed how you communicate with people. Yeah, it's kind of just opened me up to not being afraid to ask someone any anyone like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I find myself even on a bus I'm like really tempted to go. It's a cool book you got. What is it? You know, yeah. <laughs> but people because it definitely makes you more open. Yeah, I think. open. And your brain is a little bit sharper and. I definitely feel like there's a bravery that comes with you. Like, if you can do an improv show, you, like, if you get through your first one, you're kind of like, oh, I can actually go into that job interview, mm. whatever it is. And if I just go in with the same approach of being open and present in the moment, like, you are definitely less in your head and more in the moment and calmer. more in your body and you're calmer. And, and definitely makes me yeah, a lot calmer because I know I don't, no, I don't have to do anything. You know, if you just sit with someone, and some people get mm. really anxiety about that yeah. idea of like, what are they thinking? And I just go, don't, don't do anything until yeah. mm. should we give an example of a comfortable silence now <laughs> <laughs> no because people might think the podcast is broken <laughs> and they'll, like, they'll start scanning um, but, <laughs> so it, what would be uh, we're getting close to wrapping up what would be like good examples of like improv that you like watching that you if you want to like recommend a listener to go try checking this out and like find a video of these guys online or oh, whatever TJ and Dave hands down they they have a uh, if people don't know them it's just a two prov guys from Chicago and um, they start their show off they come out and go hi everyone we're TJ and Dave talk to them a little bit about what they you know who they are and yeah lights go down and lights go back up and they just leave for an hour do their thing it's a play but um their their mime work is impeccable like just okay. impeccable like, you know, you, you see people do mime and, you know, they kind of open the thing really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have so much attention to detail and they'll just remember where everything is. And then their silences, they'll sit there and they'll, they'll, they'll be really human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on Vimeo. There's great eight-part series on Vimeo that they that they do. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah so there's a documentary on them as well called yeah. Trust Us. This is all made up. Yeah. Um, definitely worth checking that out too. We started watching, I remember trying to bring back 
Trophy Wife, remember? Trophy Wife, yeah. We started yeah, watching Trophy Wife. They had these little, like, uh, in in iOS in LA, the webcam, and they just kind of... Yeah, just record their shows. Record their shows in a tiny, crappy webcam. And we used to watch them, like, I used to watch them, like, weekly. Right. Yeah. And kind of go, guys, 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 check out. This, <laughs> yeah. is, how, this is how they herald. This is how the herald uh-huh. works. You know, so I, I, would, I would start breaking down how the United States were doing their kind of improv stuff. And okay. Trying to, just trying to understand, oh, that's the choice they made there. To do yeah. Just trying to work the mechanics of how their show it, worked. It is, and it is nice seeing different regions of it because I find yeah. different areas have different styles and stuff as well. I so mean, I think Irish uh, improv will build its own kind of identity because mm-hmm. we have different traits than the Americans in terms yeah. of like, what beats of funny and what yeah. we've what we kind of intentionally do like you know yeah I guess we've got our own like uh, uh, tradition of storytelling and yeah. stuff like that which is probably feed into feed into it I, I think maybe a few more years when the scene develops a bit more you'll, you'll come across something that will really connect with people and will probably break out yeah um so hopefully it's, that would be something it's grounding it, it's grounding it. I mean it's grounding itself at the moment there's a lot of improvisers coming about yeah. a lot of people teaching and it's fantastic but it just needs to get those couple of stables that yeah. ground it yeah well, I think we're slowly coming to the end of the beginning in a sense <laughs> like we're like, cause like it, it has just been just growing and I think we're getting to the point where I think it's it's going to start and it's getting stable now and has to find its feet uh, which mm-hmm. is a separate thing and get on RTE <laughs> well that's the thing and that's and that would make a huge difference if any of it was televised just, Cause ma- just more more ex- like I was out there promoting the tightrope yeah um, and someone asked me about it and you're like I kind of you don't really I want to use the word improv but as soon as you ask someone who knows nothing they're kind of like improv yeah mm-hmm. I'm like no it's, it's like comedy story it's like storytelling that is byproduct it's funny because it's completely made up yeah you know because I find sometimes when people hear that like you're making things up they they think to uh, stand up where a guy will riff on the audience yeah that also like, produces fear because they're like I don't want to go out there and yeah. ask how, how to do, do something how do, we, no, no. how do we yeah market that in a 30 minutes a 20 minute segment yeah it's like they did that for, they did the UCB one and and it's great like in terms of I didn't think it could work with like multi-camera setup yeah, the, yeah. I, it's. I think it's great. I think that's what it needs. To it, do. Oh, it needs a lot of like camera angles. Yeah, it needs, needs so movements and stuff. stuff yeah, it needs to be done right. I think the worst thing that could happen is if it's done wrong, and then it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, because you can take the energy out of a room if you yeah. film it wrong. If you, if it's just like some, because you see it sometimes someone will put a camera in the back of a room, and it you oh. just feel so removed from everything. Like you do yeah. need to be able to like cut to a close up. But it is like disposable theater because like you know mm-hmm. they do film some theatre and like they have like you know Richard III playing in all the cinemas around yeah. the place and it is possible like for years I thought there's no way theatre transcribes mm-hmm. to film Yeah, but once you understand that that's what it is you yeah. kind of let that well it's kind of becomes its own medium yeah exactly in itself yeah I, th- I think screen you kind of need yeah. to look at how you shoot stand up how you shoot even concerts well yeah, the edits are very f- yeah to figure out how to edit things. Properly. Any, anything on a stage, really, yeah. like they all kind of have to be done in a similar way. I think is is you kind of have to uh, take that distance out of it um, that you feel if you're an audience member. Even you know, if I'm sitting in silence in a great moment with it, with two to mm-hmm. me and Claire, and in a room, it feels 
everyone's like, what's going to happen? Yeah. But on camera, it doesn't translate you, as... You need that extra yeah. cut. But it can still be funny and still work yeah. if you just cut between the two. Yeah, if you have close-ups of their face, you can kind of get into it more. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a it's his own thing. Um, and that's something that's frustrated me for a year or two because I come from a, a, a filming background and I always wanted to kind of, you know, as, especially because, like, my audience for this podcast, I mean, it's it's majority American. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always trying to translate what I'm doing here to be visible everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's improv is kind of the last bastion of, like, no, no, we don't do that. Some people are starting to do improv podcasts, which is, I think, is the first step of it, which is nice to see. I always listen to, to Spontaneous Nation with Paul F. Tompkins, which I enjoy a lot. I know, yeah. Um, but they do they they have their own kind of fun format. Have you ever listened to it? No. It's they have they have this sound effect board where they have like a cut to sound effect where it's going. Yeah. They have yeah. a, a a going into the past sound effect, which is the. And then they have like a, a going back to the future sound effect, which is do 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 and like so you kind of they explain it at the start so you know when you hear it but yeah. it's a great way of it's just so simple but yeah. yeah so effective yeah but yeah you wouldn't be able to do an improv like how would people know like and cut to like you know yeah. just be kind of really yeah. awkward stuff there's a man swiping across me yeah. <laughs> going to a new scene because that's the thing I think it's the la- there's a language to improv that I think you almost have to teach an audience because the first time you mm-hmm. you watch a show and then someone just runs across the stage yeah, you're like very confused. why the fuck did he just run across <laughs> Yeah. Like, is he yeah. in this? Where is he going? Like, yeah. Taps him out. Do you know, is he not like him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it. I think it's quick, easy enough to pick up. Oh, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something that you have to kind of figure out quickly. I always see that's like the kind of side swipe from like the Star Wars from Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there a way of doing a star? Yeah. Like I <laughs> like zoom out. We should try that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, I always ask people for a song to play out on because but, but there's like because it's three of you. Ask us to sing there is like no. Oh, well, if you want to sing a song, well. then we'll, we can end on that. Um, <laughs> oh but I suppose that. we'll do the song that we've been kind of do, cutting into. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Was it uh, something Johnson? It's. Yeah, it's Daniel Johnson's "Kill the Monster." Okay, he has a song called "Kill the Monster." So mm-hmm. it's, uh, we'll, pl- we'll we'll play it on that. But yeah, for uh, so if you're listening uh, within a reasonable time of this podcast <laughs> going up, um, we are playing in uh, the Teachers Club, which is the Improv Fest Ireland. This is the venue for Improv Fest this yeah. year, um, and we are performing on the 9th of November with "Tickled by Freaks." <laughs> Speaking of improv names, <laughs> it's a good one. Um, and uh, yeah, drop on by. We're showing at 8.30. You can buy a ticket in advance online at improvfestireland.com. Um, and then go to our Facebook page to find the next gig that we're playing because we're always playing gigs in and around Dublin if you're ever around. And hey, if you're from outside Ireland, book us. <laughs> <laughs> pay for our pay for flights pay. and we'll yeah we'll come do a show wherever you are <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> where would you like to go do improv in I want to say where's Sunny yeah it's, it would be I want to go to like like uh, Malta and perform Malta. Oh, there. Like it's, it's really Baldova. sunny and they speak English still so it would be great yeah. I don't know I'd love to do like more of the festivals like Barcelona Improv Fest yeah. I, obviously like I mean uh, 
you know the obvious ones then New York Chicago LA Iceland or something yeah Iceland Iceland would be cool yeah Yeah, that'd be really cool cool. Mm -hmm. Um, there's there's loads of improv festivals popping up everywhere I think it's the next big thing if I was a trend forecaster I would be like (laughs) forecasting the trend for bad boy making shit up on we're open to patronage as well if people want to just uh, (laughs) help support us because it's all self-funded yeah well luckily there's not we don't have to buy props so you know, we just no. we just mime them. Yeah, it's I did very see. I, I've ever seen this awesome improv show in Vancouver. There's an improv theater there um, that had like a bunch of props and costumes and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it was super cool. Was super cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the dream. We need. We had, we're trying. We're trying at the moment to get an improv theater in, in Dublin. But yeah, and you can just have like a bunch of shit backstage you know, for you any do occasion. Shops. You can yeah do yeah. all that kind of stuff. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think when you get there, yeah. the, a lot more things will open up. Yeah, like, I think that's officially when we enter phase two of Ireland. Well, we are setting up like the tightrope, which is every yeah. Monday on in on show at eight o'clock, uh, half eight. They're trying to, um, we're trying to like fund that idea of getting a, th- a theater and they're trying to set up an improv association where people can register their group and yeah. can be like we can have a website of all the Irish kind of groups so it's just much more accessible to yeah we're just starting to like organize our shit really every week I seem like there's a new kind of crazy name it's like just nice to know who's and what and what's going yeah. on and yeah that's the thing and it's um it's that's uh, i'm always fascinated to see i like it when i see the the same new names come up again and again because yeah. you see a brand new name and then sometimes <laughs> it's gone again instantly <laughs> or even just a list of performers if someone's looking for a group you know yeah exactly or you go oh i know that but i saw you in uh-huh. that show yeah you think you'd really suit you know kind of our our style or whatever yeah um, yeah, and it's, I think it's it's that's a difficult thing too because I like I my my first group um, which I was in for a little over a year uh, was a suggestive biscuit, suggestive biscuit. It was my favorite names, um, but uh, that was the thing when that we kind of that dissolved. It's everyone if you, you it's hard to get into a new group because everyone has their little families and like they're not really accepting and a new person in like hey step kid fuck mm-hmm. off um but then at the same time it's at, at then anyway i feel like less so now i think it would be easier to start a new group now but i feel like uh you don't know how to get a hold you're of like a random person you're now like yeah. an orphan yeah <laughs> it's like who will take me in who <laughs> that's when I because that's why I saw please sir can I have a suggestion <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll improv for food <laughs> but it is hard to find someone who kind of think it suits your great that's why I saw Claire she had great energy and it's just like I think I think gotta ask her what's that what yeah I was what's the word Poached? No. Oh, yeah, but I, I wasn't know. in a group. So did I poach? I picked you uh, You were scouted. You were scouted. Scouted. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. Not poached. <laughs> yeah, we took you in the draft. <laughs> and uh, we're, you're on your rookie contract at the moment. Yeah. But you get to upgrade. I'm on last. Yeah, yeah, kid. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. Um, but thanks for talking to me, guys. Great stuff. Thanks Thank you. Thank you. I'm moving on. Throw my-
to the end I was my friend, I killed a monster I almost lost, I paid the cost I killed a monster Angels came down, light all around I killed a monster Blood on the ground, there was no sound I was the winner They put me down, throw my name around But I have found a good I've killed a monster I killed